Welcome to episode 135 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the talking about points edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, my name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host Josh Fine, decked out in his uh, Duval uh, gear. I'm decked out in the owner's owner of uh, the car that won in at Bristol on Saturday night. Uh, this also is a Southern 500 shirt since. Bradley did win that race. So uh, something to be happy about on both of our ends there, Josh. Uh, I know your Jacksonville Jaguars put in, put an anal annihilation on the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts. Um, it made me happy as a, that I did not take the trade that was possible with Vic because it would have involved my quarterback, who we'll have to talk about later, and I would have traded Trevor Lawrence, who had a great game, and I picked up Christian Kirk. So... The reality is I still have a season, so I still have a season, um, even though I'm going to lose to you today, but I still have a season because I still have three quarterbacks. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's good. But, I mean, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars going out, defeating Indianapolis Colts 24-0 at home in Jacksonville. So eighth year in a row that we've beaten the Indianapolis Colts at home. And, you know, We'll have to see what Indianapolis does. Uh, I think they should uh, fire uh, Frank Reich for sure. You know, if you can't get it done like that, get embarrassed at home or away at you know their team stadium consistently, should definitely reconsider. But uh, great victory and everything. Clear, clearly, Jacksonville owns Indianapolis, and not only that, but in many other ways because you know I'm from Jacksonville and I won the Indianapolis 500 on iRacing earlier this year. So you know that's just another another way to state that you know people from Jacksonville, teams from Jacksonville, we own Indianapolis. So um, yeah, and plus uh, one of my friends uh, from work, big Colts fan, and I told him you can hold this L. Uh, you know that happened on Sunday. So uh, as we speak. Uh, Tennessee Titans are losing seven to seventeen against the the Buffalo Bills in uh, Monday Night Football here on ESPN. So if they lose, then Jacksonville has first place in the division. So um, it's uh, early season hype here uh, for you know Jacksonville fans uh, in Florida and around you know around the nation. So uh, great to be a Jaguar, Jaguars fan right now. Yeah, and that also means that Josh is part of the silly season discussion since he's won the Indianapolis 500. That probably means he's in the silly season discussion for an Indy car ride, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are up 14 nothing. Uh, two touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, one passing, one rushing the passing just now. Uh, so, you know, if you like running quarterbacks, unless your name is Trey Lance, uh, you're you're doing pretty well. Um, Niners won big against Seattle. Really, really did a number on them. But Seattle did the number on the Niners early, uh, knocking Trey Lance out, fractured ankle, uh, out four to six months, out for the year. But I follow some uh, FTTB uh, ladies on social media. And to say that faithful to the Bay, our hashtag, and to say that all these women were happy that Jimmy GQ came back in, the fans at Levi's were happy, and then Jimmy Garoppolo looked like 2017 Jimmy Garoppolo, at least for like two series, and then he became Jimmy Garoppolo again. Uh, but it didn't matter because the Seattle Seahawks suck, um, which just makes me happy to say. 
Uh, couldn't happen to a better team. Uh, but Trey's out. It sucks for a lot of teams. It sucks for Vic's team since now he's lost his top two quarterbacks. Uh, so his defense of his title this year does not look great. Uh, I faded the possibility of trading for Trey Lance and um, would have been, and that's another touchdown for Buffalo there. Uh, Stefan Diggs, that's his second touchdown of the day. Okay, in celebration, I, I'm glad that that wasn't like a hamstring or something. But you don't have, jo- oh no, that's right, Professor J is Josh Allen. So um, he did that crap. Oh man, he left him wide open too. That is a terrible, that is terrible defense by Tennessee. How are you going to go? He literally just ran and out and up and, and oh, that's, yeah. I met Stefan Diggs years ago after the the Minneapolis miracle when I went to the Super Bowl. He's a good dude. Yo, it's um it's getting close here in um our fantasy league matchup right now because uh, you just took the lead there on on that touchdown. He he threw through. Oh man, somebody's trolling Jameis Winston. Well, when you consider how bad he played yesterday, um that that would. That would do. That would make sense to refund slip for a Dane Jackson head-to-head collision. Oh, that ain't good. Helmet-to-helmet contact. That's not good. Um, we'll uh, update you on all the football, and we'll update on the fantasy side. I mean, Philadelphia. It's early in the game. It's only the second quarter for them. It's the third quarter for Buffalo. But that game is getting out of hand real quick. Um, if you have fantasy implications, though, then that's one thing. Uh, the Houston assholes are going to win another game. The Mets are up against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so that's some of the things I change. I because I've lost in every league. I'm zero two in every league. I mean, I'm fading a possibility of where I might be able to win, but we'll see. Um, I've lost in my other two leagues. I'm 0-2 in both of those. And um, I changed my team names for all of them. Oh, Vicks. Oh, no, that's Joe. That that scored 235. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about football for sure. Plenty of it's week two, but it's been a crazy week of football. Uh, a lot to get into. But NASCAR was at Bristol, elimination race, a Bristol night race, saw Christopher Busher break a 222-race winless streak. Uh, the only streak longer than that was Bill Elliott's 226-race winless streak um, that went from the 94 Southern 500 till when he won at Homestead, I believe, in 2001. Yeah, so that's that, Yeah, so that's, the, you know, but seven years uh, in Chris Busher's case, it's uh, six years uh, because there's more races, of course, now. But big win for him, big win for RFK. No playoff uh, driver teams won in this round. That's never happened before since this format's been put in. So we'll get into all that. 19th different winner of, of 2022. Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon. Uh, all out issues for more than just those guys uh, with the load on the cars. The Toyotas had power steering issues. 
bad year tires came through as usual, um, failing on a lot of Fords almost and the terrible um, race control where they're calling cautions on certain flat tires, but not on others probably cost Brad Keselowski a chance to win the race. Uh, we'll get in all that and the, who got eliminated, who's left the news that we kind of mentioned last week, Kyle Busch made it official. He's going to RCR. Kyle Busch Motorsports is going to Chevrolet, but we really don't know much. He's going to take over the eight car. He's going to take over uh, Tyler Reddick's team. Well, Tyler Reddick for, is going to get moved to a third car, or at least that's what they say, with a charter that they supposedly are going to get, which when you consider um, some of the teams that are out there that suck, they might be readily available. Uh, Noah Gagson ran over... Uh, Keebler Gibbs and uh, collateral damage was Sheldon Creed, who was trying to win and get in. In the process, both those guys are eliminated, open the door for AJ Allmendinger to lock up the regular season title, get those playoff points with Gagson, won his third consecutive uh, race leading into the playoff uh, opener this weekend at Texas. And um, we'll also... We go over that with Jeremy Clements also making the playoffs after the appeal went through for them. So we'll go over who's in and who's out. Uh, Ty Majeski locks himself into the final four for the truck series because they're in their round of eight and wins his first career race. So they made the comment about all three. I, I don't know if it was Chase Briscoe who posted it, that all three guys who were in that that um, was cursed 60 car back, I think, in 2018, and they crashed, I think, every single week. All three of them have won this year. Uh, of course, Austin Sindrick won the 500. Uh, Briscoe won at Phoenix, both in the Cup Series. And then, of course, Ty Majeski finally wins in one of NASCAR's three main divisions and gives himself a chance to win a championship here in a couple months' time or six weeks' time or whatever at Phoenix. Uh, IndyCar... Silly season, uh, after we did our show, the news came out that Alex Pillow is going to stay at Chip Ganassi Racing, but he's going to test for McLaren and older F1 equipment. And then Felix Rosenquist is going to stay in IndyCar with Aero McLaren SP. So he'll be the third car uh, with uh, Pato Award and Alexander Rossi. So that's uh, something there. And then we'll kind of get into some of the other players that have rides and who they might be looking at for the said rides uh, going into this now long off season. We'll also get into formula one silly season news with Nick DeVries being the flavor of the month uh, after his one formula one race. And um, looks like every single team that has an opening is looking at him. Logan Sargent, it looks like, based on certain news stories on motorsport.com, elsewhere, uh, Broden Track, all are talking about him possibly being moved up by Williams if he can uh, make it through the final two races at uh, Abu Dhabi here in November in the top five in points, he'll be eligible for a super license. Speaking of super license, Colton Herta is not going to be able to get one, or he's not looking to be demoted in a sense in terms of having to run a lower series to try to earn points. FP1s, teams were looking at possibly putting him in, but wasn't going to be enough FP1s 
to go and make up the difference. And then we'll uh, see who else is in play, what's going on with that. The roundup, MotoGP and Moto2 at Aragon. Uh, two Americans scored points in Moto2. Um, Fabio Quattararo gets wrecked early with, uh, with Mark Marquez's return uh, to MotoGP. And uh, basically, re- it really tightens up that battle in the MotoGP World Championship. They'll be racing in Motegi this weekend. NHRA started their playoff at Maple Grove, and um, John Force Racing got the double in Nitro. Enders won for the first time at Maple Grove, and Joey Gladstone won uh, for the third time in Pro Stock Motorcycles this year and re- uh, retook the points lead. World Superbikes will be racing at Barcelona this weekend. Uh, Alvaro Bautista, of course, uh, trying to maintain that championship lead. Toprak Raskatlioku, the defending world champion, going to go back to his his regular number 54 next year. No matter what happens this year, he's made a big comeback. And you can't count out Johnny Ray, who him and Bautista are now going to be fighting each other because Bautista believes that uh, uh, Ray crashed him out intentionally. Seems like what Max Verstappen did with Lewis. Um, we'll also get into the fact that Garrett Gerloff, who has been at Yamaha and World Superbikes, is going to move to the uh, BMW uh, to a BMW team after Remy Gardner, the former Moto2 World Champion, former and the son of 1987 World Champion uh, Wayne Gardner, is moving to World Superbikes. Uh, so he'll so that'll be an interesting turn of events. See how that can work out for Gerloff if he can make that step forward. Um, Extreme is back in Chile this current this coming weekend. I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on in by, by mistake, but they're definitely back this coming weekend. Um, the battle for second in the points is very close. So we'll talk about those teams and those drivers. Of course, we'll talk about football. You already started talking about football. Start of the show. Uh, we'll do our Cup and Xfinity preview for Texas Motor Speedway. Josh will uh, do his sim segment, talk about all things iRacing and other gaming, and then we'll close the deal here. So Christopher Busher went out there, won that race. It was very, um, it was very a uh, track, uh, track position centric. Uh, this uh, past at, at Bristol, the tires are so damn hard that, you know, you really weren't going to pass uh, very much. And uh, it was uh, it was hard to pass, really. There was only 12 lead changes among six drivers. Uh, Al Marola started on pole and it says he led. Where is Al Marola? It says two times for 36 laps. Yeah, so. And then, yeah, he the he started from, yeah, so Almirola led early, then Brad Keselowski made his way up there and, and had a good car, cut a tire down, won a stage, but in stage one, uh, Christopher Bell, who ended the first three races with a 40-point lead and, not, and saw that eradicated, lost 69 points once they did the reset, which is pretty awful to Chase Elliott. Um, but 
in the end. Those are the two two dominant figures before Chris Buescher, who, uh, as of he led from he he and uh, it was basically those three guys. I mean, Larson led a few laps there too, but really it was Busher, Christopher Bell, who felt like he gave away an opportunity at a win there. Um, but in the end, he goes to the next round. Christopher Busher gets. Uh, his second career cup series win at the Bristol night race. First win for RFK racing first win for that organization since Richard won at Daytona in the July, the fourth race. uh, 1776 were the champs. Yeah. 1776. We are the champs. I think it's 2017, right? I think that was it. He was still banging miss Hummer then too. Yeah. So, uh, last time Roush won a, a race, so been a long time for that. Two hundred twenty-two race winless streak, as I mentioned earlier. For Busher is now um, eliminated. We'll go through the results here. Chris Busher, the winner, and playoff drivers: Chase Elliott, William Byron, or William Clyde Elliott the second, Will Byron, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson. Ross Chastain uh, were up there. Then A.J. Allmendinger had a fast race car all all through the weekend. Got a seventh-place finish, proving once again that if they had actually put him in a... If he had decided he wanted to run a cup car this year, I think A.J. Allmendinger would have been in the playoffs. I think you said that, too, at some point, Josh, but I, it's, I think it's true because he's been really, really good. Yeah, uh, I feel like car. I may have said that at one point that... Yeah. Almendinger would have, you know, been in the playoffs or something if he was full time. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's true, and I, you said it, and I, I think we've all probably said it amongst our crew, um, including Joe uh, Passero. Uh, it shows how good he's been, and who knows? Maybe that's why they're a little bit off on the Xfinity side because they put so much energy into trying to do all right here in the Cup side. Uh, cold custard. Finished eighth, so it's probably the second best finish he's had all year. Maybe his best finish he's had all year because he's been god awful. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick round out the top ten. Uh, Kevin Harvick though needed a win, and he was only able to get to tenth. The Stuart Haas cars were fast. Um, Harvick started seventh, Custer eleventh. Of course, I mentioned. Um, I mentioned Al Marola started on pole, but he had steering issues, uh, finished 28th. And then Chase Briscoe started on the, on the second spot outside pole, got good stage points. And that was what, one of the things that saved him, uh, finishing 14th. He finished two laps down in 14th. Uh, there were only 12 cars on the lead lap at the end of the race. So it tells you how much. Carnager was. Um, Suarez finished 19th. Sindrick finished 20th, and they both locked in. Uh, Joey Logano finished 27th with suspension problems, but still get, got in. Bubba Wallace had steering, power steering issues. Phil Spain and his uh, girlfriend Sarah, basically the Bubba Wallace fan club leaders. Uh, were at the race, got to meet um, Dak Shepard and um, Kristen Bell, amongst many race drivers. Picture with Bubba and Ryan Blaney, too. 
Yeah, he he had pictures with a lot of people. Uh, so he had a great weekend, but Bubba didn't have a great night. Uh, it, we'll talk about how that all played out. YRB uh, had issues, might be, I mean, they didn't say anything about him losing his crew chief after yet another loose wheel. Uh, but the fact is that that could have been a, uh, he had issues for sure, and uh, it could have derailed everything, but he had earned enough capital to get himself in Alex Bowman wrecked early, but is still in the playoffs. Uh, but Tyler Reddick, who finished 25th, uh, Austin Dillon, who finished 31st, Kyle Bush, who finished 34th, and um, with a blown engine, second time in three races. Uh, people are talking about sabotage in regards to that, as um, William Shatner would say. And of course, Kevin Harvick are eliminated. So Plenty to digest there, Josh, but uh, Christopher Busher, RFK Racing, winning 19 winners so far in 2022 and probably po a good possibility of more to come because we, we still talk about Martin Truex is out there. Um, you know, now Kyle Busch is free-rolling ro free and they're probably going to give him all the shitty stuff because he's leaving. And then you add the notion of um, Ryan Blaney, who's trying to figure out a way to get into this next round and possibly get into the final four. Those are two guys, and there could be 21 drivers that have won this year, which is unheard of in the history of NASCAR. But credit to Busher and the job RFK Racing did this weekend. It was one of the best uh, performances from that organization in a long time. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the best uh, performances overall. I mean, I think, you know, over the, the course of this season, the 17 and Chris Buescher has been, uh, they haven't been running like up front consistently, but they've been running up front to be considered um, a wild card, you know, in, in our eyes, at least, you know, as we make these picks every week um, on this show. And, you know, he's been somebody who's been knocking on the door really uh, lately, you know, since the summer or so uh or the beginning of the you know beginning of the summer that uh he's a guy that's been kind of running you know around the top 10 uh and you know occasionally competing for top fives and you know we saw him emerge as kind of a favorite on, on the on the road courses this year and you know we've seen um a lot out of this car uh and we saw you know more of it this weekend and you know not only for Chris Buescher but uh, you know for Brad Keselowski as well you know Brad um hasn't performed all that well this season compared to Chris Buescher but you know Brad finally had a good run leading laps uh throughout this you know the, throughout this event but you know had the flat tire and hit the wall and then you know ended up being the first car lap down so um tough break for Brad but you know probably one of his uh, better performances here, uh, you know, in, in quite some time, you know, since he took over the the six car and RFK racing. Um, but Chris Buescher comes out and wins this race. Um, uh, incredible performance, you know, leading, leading the most laps in this event and, um, you know, taking advantage of some of the issues that other drivers had throughout the event, you know, JGR had their issues with, you know, Kyle Busch, Martin Jux, you know, even 2311, you know, Bubba Wallace, Ty Gibbs had their issues with power steering. Uh, Kevin Harvick may have had a shot to win there at the end. Um, but then, you know, they ended up having issues with, uh, pit road and, 
uh, getting the left rear on, um, and then they had to back up the car and get it tightened up. Uh, and then, you know, they continue to blame it on, you know, crappy ass parts. You know, as you saw, uh, I think today, uh, Kevin came out with a, uh, I guess a new merch item, uh, crappy ass parts, uh, happy's crappy ass parts from Bakersfield, California. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, continuation of, you know, the theme of this year with the next gen, um, not providing or, you know, the volatility, I guess, with the next gen car having issues, whether it was with, uh, tires, uh, you know, or with uh parts or things catching on fire and you know then also the um drivers getting injured i guess or not injured but well kurt bush case yes but you know getting or feeling hurt more than they have in the past but um you know we've continued to talk about that throughout this year but uh you know excellent performance through uh you know through this race with the 17 um but then you know chase elliott you know kind of as the you know first of the uh uh, playoff drivers emerging from this race. Um, you know, he had, you know, I guess maybe if he had a couple more laps, maybe he could have gotten up to Chris Buescher, but, um, you know, I think it was also kind of hard to pass, uh, after maybe a restart. Like once they got going, you know, it was, you know, kind of hard to get up there and take the lead from another driver. I think we saw it a couple of times, but you know, you really had to have a good car like Chris Buescher, Christopher Bell. I think those are two best cars, um, you know, throughout the race. So yeah, this, this race was, um, from a, you know, from a racing standpoint, um, maybe not one of the better Bristol races. And I think that's continuing to be a theme with the next gen car that, um, it's not as good on the short tracks as it is on the intermediates. You know, it seems like with, uh, this car, you know, they really set out to fix the intermediate racing, which you know, I think for the most part they kind of did, but then the other tracks have kind of, uh, suffered. So I guess they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board this weekend or not this weekend, but next year. And the off season, you know, Danny Hamlin said, who's going to provide next gen 2.0. Well, I guess, you know, we'll have to figure that out here in the off season and everything. So, um, this race, yeah, in terms of, um, things happening, flat tires, blown engines, uh, you know, parts failures, uh, that this was your race for that. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, that happening in that nature. Um, you know, going back to Chris Buescher, you know, he, I, I talked about it before in our picks, I picked Martin Truex Jr. Well, I was wrong in the fact that it was Truex, but correct in that uh, we would have a non-playoff winner for the third race in a row, shutting out the playoff drivers for the first, you know, three races, first round uh, of this playoffs. So now, you know, we got 19 winners now, which ties the most uh, for NASCAR history. Um, last time, of course, uh, this occurred in 2001. Uh, you know, that was kind of a, you know, new era of NASCAR, a lot of new teams. And, um, you know, the, I think one of the factors in that one was, um, the, uh, I guess the tire that they were running back in, uh, that stage. I forget. I think they went to a bit of a harder tire if I, my history goes back to, um, what they did in 2001, but that was one of the reasons why they had 19 winners. And, you know, this year, of course, 19 winners because of the next gen car. So, uh, uh, you know, I think we, we will see 20 winners and we still have the, uh, road course, Charlotte road course coming up and Talladega, um, you know, Ryan Blaney has not won yet this year. And, um, I, you know, still think, you know, he's going to win a race at some point, you know, I think he's good enough to do it. Um, you know, Martin Truex also still good enough, even being a non-playoff driver. So potential for, you know, possibly 20 to 21 winners here this season, which would set a record. So. Um, we'll, we'll see if that happens, but, you know, it shows, uh, you know, how much volatility and, you know, how much, uh, parity is, you know, throughout, uh, you know, throughout this series and 
you know, what's happened uh, this entire year. There's more to come going to Texas. I mean, yes, they had the all-star race there uh, earlier this year, thankfully for the final time. Uh, Blaney won that race holding up his uh, window net, and I think there was a window net problem. I might be mixing up my races, but I swear there was a window net problem uh, here. Uh, I think it might have been the Xfinity race. I think Buckshot Jones had that, yeah. So um, there was window net problems. That's what happened to him at Texas, but he still won. Um, In regards to if he can go and win on Sunday, it would be huge for him and his season. Uh, Right now, we'll just go into the points before getting Xfinity series uh, results the driver points now with the reset chase elliott goes back to the lead 15 points ahead of joey logano and 20 points ahead of ross chastain 21 points out of kyle larson so those are the top four from william byron in fifth to austin Sindrick in 12th is separated by nine points. So similar to, of course, the first round, they don't reset the points back to their regular points, which is stupid to me, in my opinion. I don't know why they do that. Um, They should just reset it back to what it was and not worry about it. Um, I also don't understand why they have to keep on, you know, zeroing it out and adding points. Like, there's, there's just stuff that they do with this playoff that just is dumb. But right now, Blaney is on the cutoff tied with Hamlin and Bell, who all have the same amount of playoff points. And, um, of course, Bell and Hamlin have won races. Uh, Blaney's only won uh, stages, and he also has the bonus points that he got in the after the regular season ended. Uh, Philadelphia is now up 21 to 7. Uh, Buffalo just scored another touchdown and um, looks like it was to stuff. Yeah, I, I think you win this one. Yeah, it's probably, I think Derek uh, Hill or Derek Henry is damaged goods right now with his uh, foot and everything. And Titans' offensive line has been terrible. And I didn't know he got hurt that way, but yeah. uh, it well, sucks. From last year, talking about from yeah. last year, but. Um, still suffering with that injury but now you've taken the lead so and then you also add the fact that they got rid of they let aj brown go for basically nothing so now they're gonna focus even more on um derrick henry so that's a problem there um i mean to to your credit before we move on to the xfinity i mean you had tyree kill go nuts for um, 190 and 11 receptions for two touchdowns. Stefan Diggs is 12 for 148 and three. I mean, Tyree Kill even got a tackle yesterday because <laughs> probably a turnover. So, so he got he got a extra point there. He got two points extra on that. Simple scoring for you know, Stefan Diggs. Uh, quarterbacks were solid. Um, Joe, my quarterbacks and your quarterbacks, of course, I have Trevor Lawrence. Um, so we're basically balanced there. IDPs is where some of that, that bonus kind of went away. I mean, I, you had, uh, 29 points right now. I have 23. 
because Daniil Hunter is not doing anything right now. Uh, I'm trying to see who else. I mean, Jerry Judy getting hurt was big for you. Tight ends were basically a wash. Uh, made a good pickup by picking Fryermuth up. Um, Eckler recovered after last week being terrible. Gibson was solid. Uh, you had Najee Harris. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's little things there uh, in this game, but the reality of the world is you're one of the toughest teams per usual. Uh, you had a lot of good players that had opportunities that did some work on the bench. So your bench is solid. So in the grand scheme of things, you're, you're rolling, you'll be okay. Uh, this season, there's based on what I was looking at, there's only one team, which is Vic, who's 0-2, one team that's going to be 2-0, which is Professor J and everybody else. Uh, there's eight, what is it, eight teams at 1-1. One and one, So it's very early on. Uh, something that isn't early on, though, is the uh, Xfinity Series season. They're now in their playoff after um, the race at Bristol, the Food City 300, which uh, saw which saw Noah Gagson win his third consecutive race. Bruckshot Jones had a chance to move him. Um, but didn't because he's a pussy. Um, probably one piece is because he's about to take over that ride, but even then, I really don't know why you would move him. What does it matter? Just run him over um, and win a race. You, you would, it would, you'd gain so much in so many ways if he had done that. But Brockshot Jones finishes second, Austin Hill third, Sam Mayer fourth, Riley Herbst fifth, A.J. Allmendinger locking up the regular season title as I mentioned. And earlier in six, Josh Berry seven, best career finish for Stefan Parsons, driving for Alpha Prime. Justin Allgaier in ninth led the most laps, uh, but ended up uh, uh, not being able to move back up there. Uh, pitch strategy and stuff didn't work out. He got wrecked uh, there with the '66 car uh, trying to lap him. And uh, that basically was the end for him. Ryan Sieg trying to hail Mary into the playoffs, finishes 10th. Great run for Bailey Curry in the four car, sponsored by Alka Seltzer. Jeffrey Earnhardt driving for Sam Hunt, finishes 12th. Uh, trying to see some here Alfredo, Sammy Smith, Jeb Burton, Jeremy Clements, who will be in the playoffs. Uh, finished a lap down, 16th. Kyle Weatherman, 17th. The O2 had Sage Karam in there. Ryan Ellis, Daniel Hemrick scored points in both stages, but only finished 20th. Um, trying to go through here. So Nick Sanchez struggled, but you know he's learning. Landon Castle, I think Landon Castle made it on the bump there, and then you have. Ty Gibbs, who qualified on pole, led 89 laps and got wrecked, as I mentioned, by um, Gagson, along with Sheldon Creed, who had taken the lead and led 34 laps, was trying to make uh, Hail Mary into the playoffs. Oh, Landon Castle missed the playoffs. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, I, I, I didn't, I did not know that. Okay, there you go. Great thing yeah, to learn while it. you're 
pretty awkward interview post race with uh, uh what's her name um um can or not Kim Coon Kim Coon yeah Kim Coon yeah. the um pretty awkward interview assessing missing the playoffs and everything but yeah Landon Landon fell out because um, I think he had by five points issues. so yeah five points so scene gets in that is that is pretty pretty bad and honestly to be fair with Landon Castle he still was gonna miss the playoffs anyways because I think even if even if Ryan Sieg doesn't move up and pass him I honestly believe if Sheldon Creed had a clean shot to get there he was gonna win that race um because he would erect Noah Gregson to do it and that would have been that would have been enough and he would have gotten in too so Right now, the points going into the the uh, playoff standings uh, or the playoff standings. Uh, I was curious to see what the difference was. Now, uh, the points report, and that's results. Gagson starts the playoff with a thirteen point lead over Ty Gibbs, eighteen on Allgaier and 19 on Almendinger. Then there's gaps after that from 6th with Austin Hill to uh, 12th, which is Ryan Sieg, is 15 points. So that, and it's uh, 9 points between 7th through 12th. So that's interesting to look at. Jeremy Clements is on the bump, 46 points. Back of the leader, tied with Sam Mayer, two points ahead of Daniel Hemrick, three p- points ahead of Herbst, and four points ahead of Ryan Sieg. So that'll be intriguing to see who makes the next round. Um, essentially, Gregson is on on a roll. Um, it's really a case of is he going to spit the bit and choke this championship away, or is him is the battle between him and Ty Gibbs going to get? Crazy enough, Josh, where they run over each other and they kind of hand it to somebody like Justin Allgaier or A.J. Allmendinger, which I think in the grand scheme of things, that's what they're hoping for because the 9 and the 54 have been the two best cars. Those two guys are going to be in the Cup Series next year. We already know Gregson's going there. We are more than certain that. Oh, that's a turnover for the Buffalo, for another turnover. Matt Milano just scored. This thing's getting out of hand. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, Tennessee Titans are getting destroyed, which means Josh's Jacksonville Jaguars are on their way to leading the division. First time. First time since 17, right? When you guys win. First time since 2018, so. Uh, we, cause then we started out three and one, um, in 2018 and, and, uh, then and the bottom fell out in the bottom. Yeah. Yep. So now for sole possession of the AFC South, uh, here. So did not think we'd be seeing that in two weeks at, you know, in the season. So, um, we'll take it. That's part of the reason why I'm wearing my gear right now, but, um, yeah, we'll, you know, glad to see it, but I kind of wish hopefully Derek Henry can pick up some yards here and just get me a couple more fantasy points, but we'll see. But, um, I mean, to, you know, go back to Xfinity, um, you know, 
Noah Gregson, uh, you know, he's continuing to dominate here in this series, you know, as of late, really, really since the start of the summer, like, you know, like I've said, but, um, you know, now winning three in a row. And of course, yeah, he bumped Ty Gibbs out of the way and took out Sheldon Creed as well. So, um, you know, maybe that was strategic or, you know, maybe he just um, misjudged it, uh, whatever the case might be, but now uh, winning six wins on the year. So he's, uh, I think he's the favorite right now to probably win the championship. And, um, you know, now he's going to be able to go to uh, Petty GMS uh, as, you know, potentially the Xfinity champion. So, um, and he, you know, be in the same organization uh, with Eric Jones and Dave Ellen's former crew chief there. So uh, a lot riding on, on that, but um, I think, you know, these tracks really do favor Noah Gregson though, because, um, you know, he's decent enough on the mile and a half tracks. Although I think Justin Algar might be the favorite there. Uh, road courses, um, the one road course he's done, done all right on. Uh, I think he's got a decent record there. Uh, and then Martinsville, you know, in Homestead, he's done pretty well on as well. So, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of potential there for Noah Gregson, but, you know, I think, um, if he gets into it with Ty Gibbs, like you said, gives an opportunity with AJ Allmendinger and Justin Allgaier, especially because, you know, uh, we still have Talladega left. We still have road course left. That's uh, two tracks where Allmendinger can be really good on um, in this series, uh, especially, you know, the road course. And then Talladega, you have College Racing is going to basically be aligned the whole way and give him, give him a chance to win. So um, potentially we see that there. Um, and possibly it maybe one of the mile halves. So um, still, you know, a lot to, you know, go out here. And you know, I think it's going to be a little bit more quality of competition, you know, compared to the Cup Series. You know, Cup Cup was very, you know, volatile this uh, past three weeks. But I think Xfinity, um, you know, like we've seen this whole season, you're going to see the favorites come out to play here. And there's going to be a lot more focus on the, uh, the top five, I guess, in this series um, compared, you know, compared to Cup. So... Because uh, right now you have the top five is Noah Gregson, Ty, Ty Gibbs, uh, Justin Algar, H.J. Allmendinger, and Josh Berry. I think, I think correctly speaking, those are the contenders for this championship. Um, Austin Hill potentially has a wild card, but we haven't really seen too much of him uh, outside of the super speedways, um, which maybe could be a favorite here uh, at Talladega, possibly. But uh, I think the, those five are who you got to look at at this championship here in Xfinity. So really you know really excited to see what we um yeah what happens in this uh playoffs you know for these five drivers and you know expect four out of these five to be the uh playoff contenders here um you know coming out uh in basically less than two months uh at phoenix in november yeah and before i add a little more there malik willis from liberty university so the team the the sponsor that um what is it uh, uh will byron's daddy worked for that that shitty school um malik willis is making his nfl debut in this blowout that is now 41 to 7 in the third quarter they're going to halftime in the philly game against minnesota 21 to 7 uh but malik willis making his debut Derrick Henry has been hooked, so um, he looks like he's done for the night. So, um, yeah, I mean, for this Xfinity thing, I think we've been saying it for a while. Uh, 
as it stands, the four that are the top four, I have a hard time believing anybody's going to get into that unless somebody wins. Um, there have been the four best drivers this year. The amount of playoff points they have proves that. I think if Josh Berry can get a little bit of momentum, I think Texas is a key race for him uh, in that sense. Um, if he can go and get that momentum and win, I think he can win at Talladega, but he's not, you know, he's still learning the super speedways. Road course, he does not want to go to the road course having to get points or do anything like that. So I think Texas is huge for Josh Berry and that junior motorsports number 18. Um, Austin Hill is banking on Talladega. Um, Almendinger, I would say, is like you said, Josh, um, uh, would believe would be one where they want. And I know also Daniel Hemrick will want to do something. Um, now that Castle's out of the playoffs, um, he has nothing to lose, really. Um, he's just trying to, and he's got a, I mean, he's all, he's got a 35 point lead for 13th. So he's still trying to maintain that he could lose that position. Um, I don't think he'll lose. He'll go any further than that, but, um, Reed has been running well recently. So, uh, there's two Fords. So Herbst and C could possibly work together and help each other out. That might be something to look at. Clements is a wild card, especially once you get to Talladega. Um, Texas, I doubt he'll do anything more than like run top 15. Uh, Bruckshot Jones and that Sam Mayer inconsistency is part of why they are where they are. And Hemrick has not had any speed most of the year. Herbst has been better than where he gets reseeded. Um, but you know, it's time that he actually goes and wins a race. If he does that, then he doesn't have to worry about it. But we will see. We'll make our picks later on in that. Um, We didn't, I mean, I guess we can go over the whole Kyle Busch announcement. They announced that he's going to multi-year deal with RCR. He's taking over the eight car. He's going to have, what's his name, Uh, as his crew chief, the um, eight team, Tyler, right? Yeah. So the eight will be with Randall Burnett and we don't know where their sponsorship is, but Reddick is now going to be demoted. It sounds like, you know, where Casey Mears back in 2006 was going to get moved to a new team with no points. And then McMurray got moved over, and then he was able to drive the Texaco Havlin Dodge car uh, before he went over to Hendrick Motorsports with his two BFFs. Um, there's been other instances of like guys getting demoted in a sense, but Tyler Reddick is building. I mean, now he's gotten eliminated, so it doesn't really matter. If he had stayed in this playoff and had a chance to actually contend, and then you're going to go and tell him, oh, yeah, we're not going to keep your team. We're going to make you drive with a new team. Uh, I, I, I find that to be a bit uh, presumptuous and disingenuous, especially when they don't have guarantees. I mean, I, 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 I know that Spire, one of their charters, is probably in play. Rick Ware Racing, one of their charters is in play. And this is all from, like, DBC. 
or uh, that's where they were talking about. They were saying three to four charters might be in play. So it's based on the performance clause that nobody really gets into and the lamestream media that covers the sport won't get into. There's a performance clause that exists with the um, charters where you actually have to run within, if you run in the bottom three, three years in a row or every uh, and then you're going to lose your charter. So the fact is Rick Ware has been swapping charters back and forth and all over to go and maintain, to go and end up keeping two charters. Spire's now in that business too, while also owning other charters. And then you add the 78 car, which is BJ McLeod's team uh, with, um, what's his name, who used to drive, um, but got sick. Um, uh, those guys are all probably in play where their charters might be in trouble. There's other cars I could probably dig into maybe a little more that might have a chance I could be in trouble. But those are the three. And I would venture to say that that Richard Childress is either hedging to make a deal with one of those organizations or he's doing it as a ploy to put Tyler Reddick out there so that Toyota who now let their most successful driver in a stock car go um, basically for nothing. Um, they're going to go and have to buy him out and buy out his contract so he'll take over the 45 car. Now, there's a Homestead test coming up this week, a uh, big tire test and whatever with all the teams. John Hunter Nemechek is going to be involved in that with 2311. So essentially what that means is they're hedging with John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, they're working under the pretense that they're not going to be able. They're they're putting it out there where oh we we may not be able to get Tyler Reddick though I believe they could um, out of his contract and they he would go to that third that third team um, and they would have John Hunter Nemechek on standby if Kurt can't run. Uh, I don't know what you think, Josh, but I honestly believe we've we've seen the last of Kurt Busch in in a Cup car. Um, he might race something else, but I don't think he's gonna be running a Cup car ever again. Um, I think he's gonna be in the announce booth. That that he'll go to Fox and he'll work with Clint Boyer and he'll be a part of a three man booth, and that'll be his gig. And he'll be a part of twenty three eleven as a whatever driver. Um, coach or like personnel guy or whatever, like he'll be a part of 2311 because Denny and him have built a great relationship. So um, he's not going away. And there's always been the, you, you with, with Fox, they're always good for having um, people who have obvious biases. So it wouldn't be any different. Um, and then he'll also dovetail truck series as well. Yeah, with Michael Waltrip. Michael, with that awful truck series coverage that Fox does. Um, did they pull Josh Allen, too? Are we? Are yeah, we Case in... Keenum time. Oh, Christ. All right, I have to change the channel. Jesus. It's yeah, put on the other game. game. Yeah, this is... Um, this is... Uh, yeah, if you, if, you don't, if you don't like blowouts on Monday Night Football, though Monday Night Football is good for those... You're not going to be happy, but if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, which of course Professor Jay is, him and all of his kids with his happy family he has now, that dude is probably like porking that 
his girlfriend now really, really hard. Oh, oh man. Um, let's see here. Two, one, God dang it. Two, one, zero. All right. No, that's not, okay. It's not that one. We'll do that. Okay. So we'll be on the, we'll be on the second game here. But I, I don't think Kurt, I think Kurt Bush is done. And um, and it's unfortunate. It's a byproduct of how bad the car is that his career has been ended that way when he was in a position. And when we see what Bubba did at Kansas, we've seen at times what Ty Gibbs has been able to do in this car. I think Kurt would have been a X factor in this playoff. Uh, he would have been somebody that could that would be real dangerous, you know, especially in this round. Not only at Texas, but then at the Roval. But unfortunately, we'll never know. And, but yeah, I think he's done. I think Reddick gets into the 45. John Hunter's going to get, they're going to put him in a position, whether it's at Joe Gibbs Racing Xfinity program or Sam Hunt's car, which is essentially the fourth Gibbs car. They're going to put him there for a year. And they're going to build them up, and they're going to have a third charter uh, in 2024, and he'll be in that car, uh, whether that's the um, 460, what is it, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, the 67, or uh, whatever. I forget what other number, 30-something it could be, but um, he would be that guy that they would choose. Um, Chandler Smith, of course, is in play too, and I think he'll be up there in the Gibbs Xfinity program. There's a lot to go through with this thing. I mean, it's not just the Kurt uh, Kyle Bush aspect of this moving over the RCR, but the Tyler Reddick piece has. There's a lot of dominoes, and then the Truck Series. The Truck Series, as we know it, is basically toast. Um, I mean, it's been going that way, but this one move with Kyle Busch Motorsports switches the whole entire game. Uh, you look at the likes of Carson Hosovar, who's been a Chevy development with Driver's Edge. Um, he, I thought he was a play, player for the nine car, but they decided to take the money with Brockshot Jones. Um. You know, there are other people, Jack Wood, who sucks cock. I mean, there's two guys at two or three guys at Fun Nice that can't drive a hot nail through snow. They're, they're, I mean, the reality of the world is the truck series, as we know it, is on its last legs. And the sad thing is they actually have a schedule that isn't awful. I mean, we'll get you can get into where they have so many gaps in the playoffs and things like that. The fact that they follow the Cup Series schedule is part of the reason why they have this issue. Um, they could start their season separately instead of starting into Daytona. Um, they could run Daytona in July instead of running in February. I mean, that would probably help a little bit, but um, there's a lot that's going on with the truck series. We're not going to know what the truck series situation is at, but 
for the Xfinity Series. Gibbs doesn't have any drivers next year, though I do think Sammy Smith will be in one of those cars uh, because of Pilot Flying J and, and whatever, uh, the, because of that money. And um, I would assume that the Chandler Smith would be in one of those vehicles and that John Hunter Nemechek would be in one of those vehicles if they run three cars. If they run two cars, and I would say Chandler Smith and that John Hunter would be at the Sam Hunt car full time. And then he's being groomed to go and move to or being set up to go and move up to run. They'll run a non, they'll run an open car. Uh, well, actually, they can't get away with running an open car because John Hunter's actually been run a full season. Um They'd run an open car for Chandler Smith and see how he does in the Cup Series, along with Sammy, probably. And then you'll... But that car will be set up to where, more than likely, John Hunter would be uh, moved up there, Josh. But a lot of conjecture, a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, or whatever. But the reality of the world is Kyle Busch is going to the eight car. He's going to drive for Richard Childress Racing. He got to hold the watch for Richard Childress. Uh, Richard Childress signed a $100 bill for Kyle's son, Brexton, who can win in outlaw carts just like his daddy wins, was, used to win prior to winning his second championship and cup. It's a massive move in the history of NASCAR to see a driver of his caliber make that move. The biggest move, like, this is the first move I can say that is uh, since Tony leaving Gibbs to go run for Gene Haas and take over that organization. That's essentially what this is, um, that level. Because if if he can do what he wants to do and he's able to make that work, he could he could basically turn around the whole view of what RCR has been since passing a Dale Earnhardt. Yes, Kevin Harvick did good, really good there. And honestly, he did much better than a lot of people would have, considering how bad that team has been. But he he went to Stuart Haas and became a Hall of Famer. I think he would have been a borderline Hall of Famer at RCR because he won those two Bush Series titles and he won a bunch of races. He won Daytona and all that, but he went to Stuart Haas and he became a Hall of Famer. But then that's what Tony said he was going to do for him, and he won a championship, and he probably has given away at least one championship, if not more. If Kyle Busch goes over there and this second part of his career goes and he's able to make RCR relevant again, that could be one of the biggest things that's happened uh, in this sport in a long, long time. Yeah, this is a you know big move by Kyle Busch, and you know not only is he going back to the guy that you know beat him up back in 2011, but also taking over the number eight car, which, well, unrelated to uh, the eight car from Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. Um, it is the eight car, and well, now he's getting into the eight car after the guy who used to drive the eight car back in 2007 went and took over his ride. So, kind of a little bit of circle uh, there, you know, things going coming back in full circle. But 
uh, yeah, Kyle Busch now going to RCR. Um, that's a it's a very interesting move, um, and you know, failure on Joe Gibbs to secure uh, sponsorship uh, for him. You know, I think um, they had a chance earlier in the season to uh, get with uh, Oracle, which is you know would have been a bigger you know new company coming to uh, um, RCR or well to NASCAR, but um, they went with Red Bull and Formula One. Uh, for, you know more exposure there worldwide, I guess. And, um, you know, for a technology company like that, but, um, for Kyle Busch now, now he's driving the eight car and we'll see, you know, what kind of sponsors are they going to come up with? And, you know, I'm sure that they'll probably have Rowdy in some kind of associate sponsorship capacity or something like that. And, um, seems like there are a lot of sponsors that are willing to line up for Kyle Busch and, uh, RCR. And, um, you know, now there's an opportunity for, you know, a driver like, you know, Dale Earnhardt, who has kind of that same um, mentality that he did, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt, um, somebody who truly did not care and, you know, wore the black hat, was aggressive. That's that's Kyle Busch for the most part. And, you know, Kyle can um, have that uh, energy in the eight car and bring bring this type of, um, you know, mentality to RCR that's been missing basically since, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt, maybe a little bit with Kevin Harvick, but, you know, certainly bigger presence uh with dale senior there so um with uh you know with that you know especially how uh austin dylan hasn't really been impressive but you know got to give him credit because he was the one that got him into the ride for uh the eight car um basically told kyle bush hey let's come over to rcr and that's how it happened so uh give him credit there but um you know it's a it's a big move and you know huge loss on toyota's part um and you know, um, at some point you had to figure like, uh, you know, who was going to, the future for Toyota, you know, how, how that's going to come out with, and, uh, you know, with, uh, Kurt Busch's injury kind of, kind of, uh, put things into question. Um, cause now you have Ty Gibbs ready to move up and probably going to move up into the 18 car next year, um, prematurely or unexpectedly, but, you know, I think he's ready for it now, but, uh, you got that. And then of course, Tyler Reddick, um, sure that they're going to put him in probably like the number 31 car or something like that. Um, you know, in, in 2021 or 2023, uh, unless, um, you know, they figure out and out and, uh, Reddick goes to the number 45. Um, I'm still under the assumption that Kurt Busch comes back. Unlike you, uh, I feel like he might want to come back. Um, you know, concussions, you know, um, take long to heal. You know, I thought maybe Dale Jr. was done after 2016, but, you know, he came back. And I, I do think though, if Kurt Busch comes back, it'd be like, you know, with Dale Jr., he came back for one year only, uh, just to finish things off, you know, under his terms and think that if Kurt Busch does come back, uh, it'll be for, you know, one season only to do the same thing and then go retire and go off into the sunset, go with uh, Fox and uh, some capacity and go with uh, Danny Hamlin, like you said, and, um, you know, some, uh, executive or mentorship role over there in uh, 2311. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of things moving around, a lot of pieces uh, that are beginning to, um, you know, solidify and then other pieces opening up. Um, so, you know, we still have a couple months here left in the season. So uh, a lot that can play out as far as the future, you know, with Tyler Reddick, of course, we don't, we don't know exactly what ride is he going to be in next year, but of course he probably will have a ride. Um, and then uh, got to think about, you know, the Xfinity series, what's that going to look like uh, for Gibbs Racing? And then, you know, I think you also have to look at the Xfinity uh, side for RCR as well. Um, you know, how does uh, Kyle Busch affect 
uh, their ability to run in Xfinity and um, uh, as well as well as trucks um, uh, provides maybe a feeder entry uh, for uh, RCR on the truck side. And then, you know, Gibbs uh, and Toyota basically used the truck series with Kyle Busch as a development platform there. And they basically are probably losing that. So um, that probably affects, you know, their ability to, to run younger talent like John Hunter Nemechek or, um, you know, people like Noah Gregson who drew for, drove for, um, uh, KBM back in the, you know, a couple of years ago, um, Christian Eckes, Chandler Smith, all these young, younger guys on the Toyota side, you're still, you know, waiting for their shot in Xfinity and, and, you know, even cup. Um, so we'll have to see what Toyota does, uh, to get back into the truck series, you know, without, without Kyle Busch Motorsports. So, <clears throat> so we'll see, we'll see how this plays out, but um, yeah, a lot of big news coming out in the last week that, you know, we haven't gotten to, but, um, you know, it's, uh, going to be interesting, you know, in 2023 with, um, Kyle Busch and Tyler Reddick. And there's and I, and I think another piece to that is even if Childress is serious about this third car, I don't think that third car is for Tyler Reddick. I think that third car is for Austin Hill because of the obvious money he brings to the table that has been part of why he was able to move from whatever team he was with a few years ago. I think it was Young's or somebody like that. And then got into the Hattori truck series ride and then went from Hattori to now RCR in the Xfinity series. They like him. They gave him a shot at Michigan. He did all right. If they're going to hedge and add a third car, they want to have somebody that has potential in their mind, and it seems like they like Austin Hill. And I, and I mean, when you consider that Austin Dillon sucks and he's just a waste of a seat, um, they need to have somebody that can compete, and they want more data. And I think Austin Hill's that guy. Um, Sheldon Creed needs another year in the Xfinity series, and they're going to keep him there because Wheel and Engineering is going to sponsor him. So. They're not going to lose that. And of course, he has his own funding too. So they can also subsidize the second ride with another driver uh, there. So that can also be a play. Uh, truck series going into the next race, which will be at Talladega in a few weeks' time. But you have uh, Ty Majeski is a first-time winner in the top three series. And then he locks himself in to the uh, final four. Ty Majeski is 23 points back after his win, but at the end of the day, it was the biggest win of or one of the biggest, I mean, it's not the biggest one of his career, right? I mean, in certain ways, I guess you could say that he's won the snowball derby. He's won so many races and uh, super late models. Uh, but in this case, he's an employee of call um, of uh, Thor sport racing. He was a mechanic before that. He was able to go and get, they were able to put a ride together for him, but now he's free rolling. Uh, he is now in, to the final four uh, kind of puts the screws to everybody. I mean, Chandler Smith leads the points by three over Zane Smith. Those two guys, I think as long as they're able to get through Talladega, uh, they'll be, uh, they'll be in a 
good enough place. If they're able to acquire some stage points, even better. The real battle starts after that. Stuart Friesen has a little bit of a uh, gap uh, of points, nine points over John Hunter, uh, 13 over Christian Eckes. So the their, John Hunter would have to probably win um, or make up some ground on Friesen. And Finger, I think, would need a win along with Ben Rhodes to possibly get themselves in um, after this race on uh, after the race on Friday night. Uh, Chandler Smith led the most laps. Only four drivers led in this race. Uh, Majeski, who started six. Zane Smith, who started tailback. Uh, Derek Krause, who started on the pole. And then Chandler Smith, who started on the outside pole. So those were, and Chandler Smith won both stages. So good job by him. John Hunter Nemechek started in the back with Zane Smith, came back to finish 12th. So Majeski, Zane Smith, Parker Kligerman from 28th to 3rd, Enfinger 4th, Matt Crafton 5th. It's the kind of runs he needed to stay in the playoffs. Derek Krause 6th, um, Stuart Friesen, Christian Eckes, Chandler Smith, Corey Heim, uh, round out your top ten. Uh, still in the playoff uh, run is the uh, fifty-one truck since they are in the owners' points. Uh, John Hunter has mentioned twelfth. Uh, Ta- Taylor Gray finished sixteenth. Owners' points. They're still in with the seventeen. Ben Rhodes eighteenth. The worst of the playoff drivers. There, so um, not a whole lot went on in this race. Uh, there was early wrecks for a few people. Uh, Raja Kruth had a rough night, uh-huh. but grand scheme, time Majeski's in the final four, Josh, and it's a huge, uh, well timed victory. Same way as it worked out for Grand Enfinger at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, this is a very well timed victory for time Majeski. Yeah, it's a you know very well timed victory indeed, and um, you know one thing about Ty Majeski is uh, you know he's been around for a while. It feels like you know, he's been um, you know since 2017, 2016, kind of been somebody that we were supposed to be watching in you know the late models, and then had this stint in Xfinity when he shared a ride with uh, with Chase Briscoe and Austin Cindric in the number 60 over at Roush. And, you know, he has that sponsorship deal with iRacing and thought, you know, maybe he would turn into something in the Xfinity Series, but, you know, had a lot of incidents and, um, you know, ended up coming back to the truck series and, you know, hasn't really been much of anything, uh, you know, so far until until this year in in, uh, in the truck series. And uh, has been, been a, a playoff driver so far this year and, you know, finally getting a uh, first career win in NASCAR, so uh, in the Truck Series, so um, good, good win for uh, uh, Ty Majeski there, and um, you know what a way to do it to do it at Bristol, and um, you know for for uh, their team, you know they have a um, they have a chance now to um, go throughout this playoff, and you know they have momentum uh, on their side, um, and you know I think um, they could be. They could be a guy that you know maybe maybe they sneak their way 
uh, into into Phoenix, um, you know, uh, as one of the drivers to win the title um, in you know at the end of the year. But you know, he's still still got a you know long ways to go here in this series. Um, and you know, they um, they've got three races or you know two races left before Phoenix, and so he's he's locked actually as isn't he locked into Phoenix now with. So yeah, so he locked um, himself in with his victory. Yeah, so okay, so yeah, he is locked in and everything, and um, he'll be one of the championship four drivers here in Phoenix. So, um, what a way to do it! Win your first race and put yourself in potential position to win the championship, and um, that could be a good track for him. Um, you know, being a, a short track and um, have the potential to go out and you know claim your first championship as well so it's going to be a going to be a tough deal i think to to do it against uh chandler smith and zane smith and john hunter nemechek uh, and all these other drivers here in the xfinity series uh even stuart friesen um to you know to talk about him but um yeah this is this is a pretty good victory for for that team and um what a way to do it but you know th the rest of the guys uh zane smith um um, you know, led, led 39 laps in this race and, uh, finished in second. So, uh, still good on points. Uh, you know, he's three minus three to Chandler Smith, uh, in the, in the standings. So, um, good position, but you know, a uh, lot of time left and you've got Talladega left, uh, in a couple of weeks and that could change things, uh, especially, you know, with the way Talladega racing goes in the truck series. So, um, you know, would have you know? I think for him, you would have liked to have seen him win to, uh, you know, secure his spot. But, um, you know, I I think, I think this series, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens at Talladega and uh, what you know what uh, what we're able to watch with uh, Talladega racing and um, who gets eliminated from this race and you know has to win their way into the championship at at Homestead and. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to watch, but you know, glad to see somebody uh I racer that fact with Ty Majeski, somebody that has been around for um a couple years now and hasn't had a whole lot of success being out to go out and win the race uh, at Bristol. Yeah, it's good to see somebody who's a, a real grinder and has has worked his way up and and somebody who really is he's a Wisconsin guy, so it kind of goes back to that whole you know, it started with the late great Dick Trickle, and you can connect it to so many other drivers. I mean, Dave Marcus, uh, Matt Kenseth, of course. Uh, there is, um, I forget the guy that ran um, in the SRX at Slinger. And he won the Slinger Nationals and almost won and lost to Marco. He was another one, but there's so many great drivers from the state of Wisconsin, the Sauter family, all that 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 ran out there, and now Ty Majeski's another one comes from that area and uh, ran those the short tracks and the smaller type tracks and has gotten himself to this spot through grit and hard work, and uh, it's a good story that will build will build up as we get towards. Uh, the final four here in a few weeks' time. The IndyCar series, of course, uh, their series ended a couple weeks ago. Will Power becomes a two-time series champion, but there is plenty of intrigue 
in regards to uh, some of the uh, drivers or some of the openings that exist uh, going into next year. I mean, you have uh, the team, what is it, um, Junkos Hollander has a second car with Callum Eilat uh, running the main, the first car, but Callum Eilat's going to have a teammate. They've got guys from Formula 2 looking at that ride. I think sports car drivers, whatever, that are looking at that ride. You have AJ Foyt Racing. We don't know what their makeup is going to be. I know the 14 car, of course, is going to be out there. I mean, there was rumor that uh, J.R. Hildebrand was trying to connect him and AJ were going to go and buy a Porsche 963 um, IMSA GTP car uh, to run in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, but that went went awry. So um, I think J.D.C. Miller is going to be a part of that program, and... Uh, there'll be a couple things. So maybe that means that uh, J.R. Hildebrand might come back to run full-time, or maybe they'll get, I think the rumors were Marcus Armstrong, who's running in Formula 2, is a favorite for that seat. Of course, you also have Linus Lundquist, who won the Indy Lights Championship, uh, has money uh, from winning uh, the Indy Lights. So... Maybe he gets that opportunity. Maybe he's going over to Dale Coyne and um, Malukas, uh, the Malukas team, since uh, Henry HMR uh, is going to have eight cars next year in the Indy Lights Championship, which is ridiculous to think, but um, HMR is going to have eight cars in the Indy Lights Championship next year. Uh, but Lena Sunquist deserves an opportunity. Uh, there are a couple of rides that are out there uh, now, but the two biggest rides that were open have been determined. We know that um, 2020 uh, ch- champion or 2021 champion Alex Pillow will return to Chip Ganassi Racing in the 10 car, and Felix Rosenquist after a great. Uh, basically since Indianapolis 500, he's been one of the best drivers in the series. And that was an interception by, um, Kirk Cousins. Um, and now both those drivers are going to stay. McLaren needs a second driver in Formula E for their return with BMW power, but it won't be Felix Rosenquist who had good success, uh, with Mahindra in Formula E prior to moving to the States with Ganassi. I guess, uh, Josh, in regards to that, I think that's a big thing we have to talk about. The fact that after all the the conversation, all the controversy that McLaren had with how they were going after drivers, Alex Pelot stays at Ganassi. It was repaired after he destroyed the whole entire field at Laguna Seca. And... Felix Rosenquist will now be a part of a three-car team at Arrow Spam uh, next year in the IndyCar series. So that'll be an interesting 
thing to see how that whole dynamic works with Alexander Rossi joining the program along with Pato Award, Rosenquist, and then you add um, Polo staying at Ganassi. We don't know what Jimmy Johnson's going to do next year. Um, they're trying to make the schedule out. As it stands, it doesn't look like it's going to help in regards to trying to run Lamar. And I think he wants to run Lamar with uh, Jeffy and um, Mike Rockefeller in that uh, Garage 56 Camaro. So uh, something to look at in regards to that. But two of the better drivers, two of the better talents in this series, in the end, after a lot of conjecture and a lot of print and whatever, they're staying put. What happens after this is more about you know some of the smaller teams trying to get funding and trying to put get engine leases and the like together to get the field get the best field out there and um that's where kind of Linus Lundquist is in in limbo unfortunately for as good as he is um he is in limbo but we will see what happens with that yeah, I think, you know, with this, uh, you know, storyline that's been around since the summer with Alex Pillow deciding to leave and uh, go, you know, initially go to McLaren and then it's been a, you know, PR battle and, um, you know, both these teams, McLaren and Chip Ganassi Racing, they've been, you know, fighting, you know, in the court for the contract and um, you had Pillow looking bad on, you know, on social media, a lot of, you know, people were criticizing him. And then now they seem to resolve the differences and Pillow is going to stay, at least for 2023, going to stay in the 10 car at, at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. So um, it probably end up being, you know, how it had to ha go down. Um, yeah, I think with, uh, you know, the 10 car, you know, they probably probably would have been hard to find a replacement for him. Um, and then also on the other end of it, um, you know, could have had him into the uh, seven car, uh, and then put Rosenquist in Formula E. But you know, maybe maybe it's an issue with you know having too many drivers in the stable. You know, with uh, especially in Formula One with Oliver Piastri going to um, um, McLaren in Formula One, and you know, Oscar, Oscar, yeah, Oscar Piastri in Formula One. So um, maybe it's you know just an issue of having too many guys in in the stable at once and. Um, you know, you can't can't have too many guys like that, I guess. And um, you also with uh, Pelo wanting to you know have a chance at Formula One, um, you know, may still be testing with McLaren, but um, you know, obviously not going to be driving for them uh, competitively. So uh, that's maybe what the issue was there. You know, and uh, just grabbing too many guys at once, you got to get let go of somebody. But um, that's resolved now. And then of course Rosenquist. Um, has another season in the seven car and uh we're gonna see you know what what kind of uh success can he put together in 2023 with the seven they like you said they were one of the better drivers and um after the indianapolis 500 and um you know they didn't have quite the results that paddle award had but you know he's a solid a solid driver that can get you know good results and you know um have you know make things happen for uh that team so uh really interested to see what he, um, you know, what he's able to do in seven, if you know, he can get a win in that car. Um, obviously he's already won with Chippenazzi racing, um, you know, back in 2020, but, uh, hasn't won yet with, uh, McLaren. So be interested to see if, um, 
you know, he can add add to the win column just as uh, Paddle Ward has already added his name to the win column a couple of times uh, driving for McLaren. So you got that. And then uh, Pelot, of course, have another shot to win in uh, IndyCar uh, and, you know, go out and potentially get another title uh, with Ganassi there. But, you know, there's been other things, you know, in IndyCar. Uh, New Garden uh, is going to lose his crew chief uh, going to um, the uh, – Porsche uh, collaboration with Penske. Um, you have that. Um, I'm trying to look for some of these other rides. They've uh, IndyCar has uh, set their official 2023 testing schedule, um, so there'll be you know we'll be able to look at that and see um, you know when early season testing is and and everything. Um, um, you know, I don't really. Don't really see any other things. Um, I think we already talked about Hooncoast. I think they, yeah, because they already announced that they were going to expand uh, to two cars. But um, yeah, this is a maybe after with uh, Polo and and uh, Rosenquist. You know, initially, like you know, we thought there's going to be a lot of jumbling around in in this uh, in this series. But um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I guess you know they decided to stay put and you know continue on. So. Maybe not as much volatility as what we thought uh, there would be in in uh, IndyCar, but nonetheless, uh, still one of the more interesting uh, silly seasons, especially you know with the way that the dispute went down with uh, Polo and Ganassi and uh, McLaren. And in the end, after all that with uh, Zach Brown and the way things went, he got the guys that he wanted, and, and more than likely, he still has Alex Polo under contract to test older Formula One cars. Uh, he sort of has that same deal with Colton Herta and um, Paddle Award. So in the end, he still has those three guys, which are three of the most talented drivers on the grid. And he can hedge, even though he has one of the youngest driver combinations in Formula One with Norris and Piastri. Um, he can hedge that with that. So he ends up having the best of both worlds, even though it didn't seem to look that way uh, weeks before or months before. I will find out about some of these other rides as the rest of the offseason goes on. But I guess that leads into um, that leads into Formula One. I mean, the ish, the thing was, oh, Colton Hurd is going to go and run for Alpha Tori. And he's going to get uh, super license points and whatever, and he's going to go there. Well, One-Eyed Marco gave up on that and uh, said that they, it would be too much work, take too much time. And because of that, they didn't want to deal with it. Colton Hurd is still interested in trying to get to Formula One in 2024 when there are way more seats available. So that's something to look at. Um, I also mentioned it in the the uncensored Formula One show that I did with uh, Tom uh, Downey and uh, Carl King that Andretti would be wise to call Gene Haas and say, hey, how much do you want for your team? Um, he was willing to pay 200 whatever million to go and make a new team. But Formula One doesn't want that because they don't want to split the pie 11 ways. Well, 
if he buys out Gene Haas, who's stopping him? It would take away a Ferrari Junior team. It would probably give, and then with the fact that Sauber is going to Audi, Ferrari would need a new um, customer effort. And I don't know who they would go with at that point, but um, you know the the Haas team would uh, change their ownership, and that might make a difference in regards to who would drive for them. And speaking of that, you know, Nick DeVries, as I said, flavor of the month, Red Bull's talking to him now. That's their new target to possibly replace Pierre Gasly at Alpha Tori and eventually move up to be uh, Max Verstappen's bitch in the second Red Bull ride. But DeVries is in play for every team that has an opening. You have... Other drivers are still on the grid, but aren't um, at the level that probably is enough to keep them there. I mean, Latifi sucks. Stroll's never going to lose his ride, but he should probably be out. There's, I mean, El Plan's going over to Aston Martin. You have um, Ocon at Alpine. Uh, their possibility of Gasly moving over there which would then open up a role for a prospective IndyCar or some other driver. Drogovic decided to sign with Stroll F1 instead of keeping his options open. I think that was a dumb move on his part. But Nick DeVries, Josh, is the guy that seems to have all the cards in his hand, and he's able to kind of dictate where he wants to go, which for a guy who's a little older, um, may probably a late bloomer, uh, something that doesn't really happen in this day and age of Formula One. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, especially Nick DeVry may have a, another opportunity here in a couple of weeks with um, Al- Alexander Albon still, you know, trying to recover from his appendicitis uh, surgery, uh, which you know he's healed up from now, but you know, still a bit of issues. Um, uh, they're recovering from that, um, and potentially may have to sit out that Grand Prix. So another opportunity for Nick DeVry to uh, show himself in, in the Williams car uh, in a couple of weeks here at Singapore. So, um, you know, I think um, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, if he can um, potentially score points like, like he did um, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, um, be interested to see if um, they're able to do that. Um, yeah. You talked about uh, the other teams, um, you know, with, um, uh, Alphatori and and Alpine it sounds like there's a uh, potential that um, that potential for um, Pierre Gasly to go to uh, Alpine, so um, that could could be in the works. Uh, you know, later on, um, you know, going back to Indy cars, Alpine uh, could be testing with uh, Herda here in a couple weeks, so. Um, that's on the card as well. Um, Herta, you know, of course, still trying to get a, a, a super license, and there's been the debate there um, with the the super licensing issue. Um, so, you know, we want to see more, you know, more drivers come into Formula One. But, um, you know, uh, Williams, is, you know, has a chance to you know get another. Um, mi- Maybe um, young driver, but slightly, you know, slightly, uh, you know, used from, you know, Formula E and everything. So um, good talent, though, you know, certainly better than Nick Latifi. Um, 
you know, Haas, Haas could have an opportunity. Um, you know, if, uh, Mick Schumacher ends up, uh, leaving or, or if Magnuson ends up leaving as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot still, you know, I think in Formula One left to play, um, you know, in the regular seat or the, the, you know, this season, then course going in the off season. Um, but you know, you're starting to kind of see the early, uh, storylines play out, you know, with this, um, especially with, uh, some of the younger drivers, up and coming drivers here in Formula One. And, um, you know, some of these teams trying to, you know, get their hands on these drivers while there's still the opportunity and, you know, maybe hope for, um, you know, especially with this new car that, you know, they have these young drivers that can go out and, um, maximize their potential both as a team and as a, as a driver. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be a, you know, interesting, uh, silly season and, uh, in terms of, you know, the, um, you know, the back, back of the field basically is what we're, you know, looking at, you know, there's probably not going to be much happening in, uh, Red Bull or Mercedes or Ferrari, but of course, you know, some of the midfield teams and, and further back, um, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of changes that, you know, we're gonna have to look at as we go in the off season and, uh, next year in Formula One. Yeah, and with the new rules where they have to have rookies run in FP1, uh, motorsport.com has a good article by Adam Cooper talking about who is going to go where. Um, DeVries is in play for not only Mercedes, but um, Aston Martin and Williams. Uh, Liam Lawson, Formula 2 driver, is probably going to be um, in an Alpha Tori as... Um, Adam Cooper's talking about Bobby Schwartzman uh, will be running for Ferrari, a former um, F Formula 2 champion, uh, but hasn't been able to get an opportunity. And then also his nationality is, seems to be um, all fluid. Uh, Piastri with Alpine, that's gone away. Jack Dewan's in play for that opportunity. Um, but they're also talking about Nick DeVries. McLaren has heard of Award Pillow. As I said earlier, uh, Award's going to drive in Mexico in FB1, so that'll be something. Um, I would assume that Colton Herta would get that same opportunity in Austin. So, uh, Liam Lawson, uh, DeVries, that... Uh, Hattori, uh, Aston Martin, Felipe Drogovic has joined them. DeVries is also up there. Um, DeVries and Logan Sargent for Williams. Logan Sargent is going to run FP1 at the U.S. Grand Prix. Uh, Teo Pocher for Alfa Romeo. Uh, somebody that can get in and do what he has to do. Um, he's a young gun. Uh, you have for Valtteri Bottas or Joe Guan Yu. And then the rumors for Haas or Pietro Fittipaldi or Antonio, Antonio Giovinazzi, which is pretty god awful, um, considering you could do just, you basically can do the same or maybe better with, um, with the Mick Schumacher, but. I guess it's a uh, personal preference. 
get in the roundup here. Uh, Enea Bastaini won at Aragon after uh, a fall early crash uh, with uh, between Fabio Quattararo, the defending world champion, and Mark Marquez on return. Bastaini uh, in a photo finish against his soon-to-be teammate, Paco Bagnaia. Uh, Alicia Spargaro gets another podium for Aprilia by two-tenths of a second over Brad Binder. Jack Miller, fifth. Uh, Ducatis uh, were, what is it, of the top ten, seven of the ten were um, Ducati bikes, and it tells you how good their talent is right now at the moment. Hal Crutchlow snuck points on the RNF Yamaha. Uh, Remy Gardner in his last race for this team uh, goes and finishes. Or, uh, I mean, he's running out the string, actually, but he finishes outside the point. Uh, Marquez, Quattaro, Nakagami fall out of the race. Standings going in to Motegi this weekend. Quattaro is 10 points ahead, uh, or 10 points ahead of Paco Bagnaia. Um, he's had two non-point scores versus uh, two non-point scores versus uh, Be- Paco Bagnaia, who has, I think, four. So, something to keep an eye on as we get to the end of the season. Alicia Spargo finishing third, uh, only seven points right now behind Paco Bagnaia, but has a good gap, 31 over Bestaini, you know, 60 over Miller, Zarco. Oh, well, uh, that's... Uh, that's where that is at. We'll see what happens at Motegi with um, MotoGP and see who can go and um, get the victory there. Uh, the Moto2 standings are coming up for which saw um in terms of results saw Pedro Costa get the victory over Aaron Canet and Augusto Fernandez who's moving up to Formula E I mean Formula I mean to MotoGP Iaguro Tommy Arbolino round out of your top 5 Joe Roberts is ninth Karen Bobier 11th uh, so good week for them in um, regards to the standings, Augusto Fernandez has a seven-point lead on Ayagura, and then there's a huge gap. Aaron Kinnett, um is 40 points behind Agura for second. Celestino Vietti, Tony Arbolino, uh, round out of the top five. Joe Roberts has a good chance to get into the top five. He's only six points back. And then Cameron Bobier, who's um, in 16th in the championship, just contemplating uh, ways to move himself up. 
Um, go and move that over to Maple Grove for the NHRA uh, Camping World Drag Racing Series. Um, Austin Proc, the winner in Top Fuel. Robert Height, the winner in Funny Car. Eric Enders, the uh, winner in Pro Stock. And Joey Gladstone, the winner in Pro Stock Motorcycle. You had um, Top Alcohol, Pro Stock, Top Alcohol, Drasher, Funny Car, Comp Elimination. I'm trying to see if there's that bike deal there. Uh, World Superbike, yeah, and then you know, John Force Racing, as I, I mentioned, uh, they, um, they, they ran well there at Maple Grove. It's a great track for that organization. Uh, Austin Proc gets his first win of 2022 at a great time, and then uh, yours truly probably going to end up there tomorrow or someday, just to justify what I'm seeing right now. Uh, the uh, World Superbikes will be at uh, Catalonia, Barcelona, Catalonia. Um, 30 points separate Bautista over Topak Raskat Lioku. Uh, Johnny Ray is in third. He's 17 points behind uh, Toprak. And that's part of the whole deal, but it's a three-horse race for the championship. Uh, Gerloff is 11th. Uh, trying to go and see who else is on this uh, this list um, in regards to uh, super bikes. They just randomly remove people. I don't understand that, but. Um, yeah, so that's something we'll see what happens between the battle between the Ducati, the Yamaha, and the Kawasaki head-to-head at one of the great racetracks in uh, the world, in Suzuka. Um, other piece of news to follow is the fact that um, uh, Remy Gardner is uh, moving over to the Yamaha team in the World Superbike, leaving MotoGP for the time being. And uh, Logan Sargent's kind of in play, which also leads to where they're going to go and um, start a guy who they probably could have drafted versus um, spending all that capital on a guy. But something we will see uh, when it comes to World Superbike um, and what happens with that next week. Uh, Extreme E. Extreme E will be uh, the next one. And they have plenty of people there that want to go make their own look great. I mean, the Rossberg team is leading by 12 points over the Hamilton team, 15 over Andretti, uh, 12 over, uh, you know, the fourth-place team. So it's very dominant. It's very 
emphasized on going and destroying people, which is what we're doing, uh, minus weather. So that's something we'll see in regards to the um, standings right now, the championship. Uh, three teams are separated by two points. The Sarah Price, Kyla Duke, Ganassi car, the Sands and Signs, um, Chiefs, and then Gutierrez and Loeb was going off there. They're only separated by two points, uh, and trying to go and maintain that is um, very difficult. So uh, it's something we'll see what happens with the the Island or Copper X Pre this coming weekend. See if he does what he's always known for, uh, the medicine balls. So able to go and make that happen, make it work, go and get a W. Um, you just go over here. Um, I'm going to let you go talk about what you're um, looking at, Josh, in regards to uh, real Real football with your Jaguars now being 2-0 and also fantasy football. Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, as we you know talked about at the beginning, at the top of the show, Jacksonville Jaguars are Jaguars. I don't know why I say it like that, but the Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts 24-0 uh, on Sunday in a very convincing fashion. Uh, and, you know, we can probably uh, put Matt Ryan's career to rest. Uh, I think he's finished. He's cooked. Uh is on Sunday through three interceptions uh, on the day and uh, took a, like five sacks uh, and had a couple, I think had one, at least one sack where he fell down on the ground and sacked himself. Uh, so you got one, uh, you know, one of those and you know, it's um, basically the end of Matt Ryan's career. Now I think in Indianapolis, we'll see, but uh, convincing fashion, Trevor Lawrence, uh, played solidly uh, throughout the day. Um, took the underneath, took what the defense is giving him. Um, didn't didn't have any like too many like um, highlight real plays where you know he threw it, chucking it down the field like last week uh, against the uh, Washington Commanders uh, with Christian Kirk and forty nine yard pass there. But this uh, Sunday had two touchdowns to Christian Kirk, uh, both in the red zone. Good good play design by uh, uh, Doug Peterson. And uh, excellent defensive play calling, calling by uh, Mike Caldwell, um, and then you also add on to the fact that uh, James Robinson uh, looks like he's healthy again, um, in continuing to uh, get touchdowns. Got a 37-yarder uh, run uh, touchdown in the first uh, half of the game. So uh, really, really good, outstanding performance. And now I think the uh, challenge is if they can go to the West Coast uh, and defeat the. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, at at their stadium in in Los Angeles, uh, so it's going to be a really exciting matchup. Uh, Justin Herbert, really good QB. Uh, Chargers, you know, have a lot of offensive playmakers, um, but Herbert is a little bit dinged up after last sun, uh, last Thursday night. Um, had a uh, issue, you know, with uh, his um, ribs, I think, or something like that, and. Uh, affected his mobility and you know ability to throw for sure. So we'll see how that goes. Um, if they end up starting Chase uh, Daniel or not in 
the matchup on Sunday. So um, really excited to see um, you know how that comes out because if Jaguars beat the LA Chargers, um, you know they last time that this happened where the Jaguars shut out the Colts and the uh, defeated the LA Chargers back in 2017, they went to playoffs. So um, already uh, in the division lead after. Uh, Indianapolis, you know, defeating them, Houston losing to Seattle somehow, and uh, the Titans getting uh, their butts kicked uh, by the Buffalo Bills uh, on the road. Um, this is all leading to Jacksonville taking the early lead in the divisional playoffs or, you know, in the divisional standings. So, um, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing this play out right now, and if they beat the L.A. Chargers, uh, on the road in in LA uh, on Sunday, next Sunday it's going to be you know um, a lot of good things coming out. And then of course they play the uh, Philadelphia Eagles after that. So two really good matchups here early on in the season for the Jaguars if they can keep it up uh, on the road. Uh, they you know two really good teams that you know been playing the last couple of weeks. So um, really excited to see how this comes out. You know. Trevor Lawrence playing well. Um, you know, I think the next thing for Trevor Lawrence is um, can he, um, you know, play in a game where he has to win, you know, win the game, um, you know, and and can he go out and win it like like he had to uh, against the Washington uh, Commanders uh, a week ago, um, had a chance to game winning drive, but came up short interception. Well, now he has another chance, or well, we don't know yet, but um, that's what I want to see is if he can. You know, put together some game-winning drives because um, that's that's what you're probably going to need in the playoffs uh, there. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know, of course, eight zero against the Indianapolis Colts since 2014. Um, uh, what's significant about that is that was um, the last time the Indianapolis Colts won in Jacksonville uh, was when uh, Chad Henney got benched at halftime and they brought out Blake Bortles. Uh, for you know what we thought was going to be the start of a franchise career uh, there, but ever since ever since that game in Jacksonville in 2014, Jacksonville Jaguars has been undefeated at home against the Indianapolis Colts um, since then. So eight and zero, and like I said earlier, Jaguars seem to own the Indianapolis Colts when they play at home uh, against Jacksonville. So um, really excited, you know, early season uh, success, um, very convincing fashion. And um, you know, ready to see you know what the rest of this uh, regular season comes out for Jacksonville. And um, as far as my fantasy team, uh, I lost to you, so uh, good game there. Uh, we'll give a virtual handshake there, and um, um, you know, good good game there. Um, may we'll see if they make any adjustments. Um, you know, hopefully uh, Derrick Henry re recovers next game, and um, you know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes from there. Tyreek Hill, like I said, at the top of the show had good, good, uh, you know, drive there. Uh, good game, um, monster game. Uh, Derek Carr, good game. Uh, Mac Jones was trending like he wasn't having a good game, but then recovered to put on a solid game. Uh, there probably should have started David Montgomery over Jerry Judy, but I went with uh, the projected points. Um, but you know, probably. Probably a good idea to keep in RB one as a as a flex, um, you know, over an RB over a WR two. So, uh, you know, good, a uh, little bit of a bad decision there, but you know, we'll take it and we'll go on to the next game. Uh, but um, you know, 
we'll we'll see what happens here. It's still early on this season, but you know, we'll um we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens uh, as we move on throughout the you know, rest of the season in, in fantasy, you know, um and if you know if I have to make any trades or pick up pick up guys on the wave of wire. So um you Well know. Vic's gonna be looking to trade yeah, after he's, this. He's he's 2 so yeah. <laughs> we'll see we'll so, see what happens. And for the right price, I'll trade Jacksonville Jaguars. So um <laughs> so that's always there. Um was able to come back. I didn't think it was going to be able to come back. Uh, thanks, Stefan Diggs. Thanks, uh, Josh Allen and Buffalo for being what you are, being the best team in the NFL, probably. Um, I mean, Philly is having with uh, Minnesota. They're going to knock Minnesota off. Philly's going to go and take. Um, and they – and. Darius Slay has been uh, very outspoken in regards to um, how good Justin Jefferson is, and Big Play Slay is actually showing up and being his name or nickname. So those people who had Justin Jefferson, uh, it's not been the most uh, beneficial night for you. Um, I mean, I lost, we've lost in fantasy or my the only team that won in fantasy was my team in my league. So at the end of the day, I guess that's the one that matters. Um, and the sleeper league that we're in changed the team name. We lost Rowan 2, which, I mean, ran into a team that had Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb had Darren Waller. Allen Robinson, Curtis Samuel, uh, all on that one team. So it's just terrible luck. Uh, we had uh, we have we were streaming both Jacksonville running backs. I think yeah, we had Etienne. We have Etienne and James Robinson. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's. Uh, productivity is going to go down a bunch knowing how bad their Indianapolis offense is. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., if he can't stay healthy, is also going to be a big problem for the Indianapolis organization and for players that have those players too. So that is that. I mean, Trey Lance getting hurt the way he did, I was angry. Um, because he's he's he, you should be running him outside. You should be trying to get him out in the flats. You should be trying to design bootlegs. Make the go and design RPOs with a bootleg, not running him straight into the in, in interior of the line. But even Kyle Shanahan was going after what's his name that um, troll Grant Cone. About, oh, well, Josh Allen, there's other teams, they run the same offense. I'm like, well, you're going to justify going and basically destroying your starting quarterback you spent three num- spent three ones on running gun runs like Jabu Lovelace, uh, which is absolute garbage. You didn't give him the opportunity to throw the ball. 
when you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Ross Dwelly, who literally, when Jimmy G jumped into the game, um, was able to go and, and make things work. And let the kid play. You weren't going to lose that game against Seattle. You lost the game against Chicago because of the rain and because of bad play calling, which is, you know, Kyle Shanahan's thing. For as much as everyone talks about he's a genius, he ain't that much of a genius. Uh, his dad killed RG3. He was already somewhat damaged good before he ever got to the NFL anyway. But in the case of Trey Lance, he's got, he doesn't have that much wear on his body. He essentially has one year starting in one AA or FCS football. And he has the ability to do all the throws and do whatever is asked of him. So, hence, that's why he ended up leaving uh, North Dakota State to go and play in the NFL, but it hasn't worked out so well for him so far. But it doesn't mean it won't work out for him long-term, because I think at the end of the day, Shani and Lynch have the power to determine who's going to go where. Um, my fantasy teams, as I mentioned, um, my like my secondary team, is down uh, 22 points, and that's mainly because my opponent had Lamar Jackson and Nick Chubb. Uh, Evan McPherson gets a, a casual mention, and there's, like, with the special teams, it didn't work out very well. So that's what happens with that, with my team. Uh, original projection, at least uh, we scored a few more points there to make it not a part about being in Dallas or doing dealing with those teams. But um, great uh, victory by the Niners, recovering after Lance goes down and being able to just switch in and do what they were doing. Uh, means once they're able to get a running back and they're also to get George Kittle back into the lineup, they're going to be able to contend. Um, the uh, NFC is wide open right now after two weeks. Lots of potential within this group and something we will see um, here as the weeks go on. I mean, my um, team and the other league uh, I'm about I'm in the process of losing because they're in the fourth quarter and I need uh, I need 22 points from Dallas Goddard and I know that's not going to happen so I'm going to fall to 0-2 there we're going to fall 0-2 in the sleeper league but um, it looks like with thanks to uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs I'll be able to salvage a fantasy matchup against uh, my my bro and co-host. And uh, Josh uh, doesn't fall too far back. You're in eighth, but you're in the mix. You're um, essentially all the way up to where um, what's, what's his, Jeff is with his team. Uh, points four um, to see where that's at. Uh, 
go over here. Um, as the clock is ringing at 10 after, no less, because it's screwed up. Uh, yeah, so right now, the um, current setup sees uh, NFL Week 2, so we did... So we did all that right there, and then so we'll um, get into the Cup and Xfinity previews, Josh. I'm going to let you go and start with that. First with Xfinity, uh, let us know what you're thinking for picks for the Xfinity race. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, um, first right race of the playoff. Can somebody in the playoff lock in, or can somebody get out of the that is outside go crazy, make that victory all the more incredible? Like what happened with uh, Brown in his situation. It's kind of because of days like this where you don't know what the heck's gonna happen every single time. So um, let us know who you're thinking for um the for that situation and to make sure um everything is going well for those teams as they get into week 12 of the um season well not in the regular season it's week 3 of um the NFL season of like week 12 and elsewhere uh like the the um, Premier League. No, oh, yeah, I mean, well, we're talking about the Xfinity series, but um, in in Xfinity, you know, previewing it this weekend, um, you know, No Gregson's won the last, you know, the last three races here in in um, the season here, but you know, he's uh, been um, been, I would say, you know, pretty dominant um, as you know we talked about earlier, but you know, I feel like yeah, I feel like he. Um, won't win this weekend. I feel like the winning streak comes in, you know, comes to an end. But I still think that um, a junior motorsports car is going to win uh, this weekend to open the playoffs. So, you know, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Justin Allgaier, um, you know, this weekend. Um, you know, I think Allgaier has been pretty solid on the uh, mile and a half tracks. I think he's been probably the better of the, you know. Uh, playoff drivers on on mile and a halfs. Um, he's been, you know, leading a lot of laps there. Led thirty three laps back in the spring. Uh, Almendinger has been solid, but he hasn't really been up front in uh, when it comes to the mile and a half tracks. Uh, Gregson, of course, successful as late, but I do feel like the winning streak is coming going to come to an end. And Ty Gibbs, on the other hand, um, you know, he's been. He's been up there, but you know I feel like most of his victories came uh, in the earlier part of the season um, in twenty twenty two. So even though he has uh, five victories, um, um, you know he won earlier in the year at Las Vegas and Atlanta, uh, uh, won won the road course and at Michigan. But as far as uh, the mile and a half tracks, um, feel like maybe on speed. Uh, the junior motorsports car has got it figured out, and you know I'm gonna gonna roll with um, uh, Justin Algar, uh in the Xfinity series is my pick. Uh, 
yeah, I think he, he's got a good shot there. But, you know, look out for the rest of the playoff drivers, especially the top four, like uh, Almendinger, like uh, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson. Expect them all to be competing, but Justin Algar to be the one that emerges uh, out in front of them. Um, you know, I think for wild card this weekend, um, you know, I'm going to stay with the playoff drivers, um, but, you know, I'm, I'll go, I'll go with, uh, well, actually, I yeah, changed my mind here, but, uh, on that, but, you know, well, I'll see with the playoff drivers actually, but, you know, let's, let's, uh, pick a uh, Dale Hamrick as a, for me at least as a, a wild card this weekend, you know, he, he's been kind of quiet lately in Xfinity series and, um, you know, he's the defending series champion, but, you know, hasn't had a whole lot to say this year um, in, in Xfinity. But, you know, start out the playoffs here, have a chance to, um, you know, get out and have a solid finish and, you know, try to have a, a title defense in, in this series. Uh, so, you know, look out look out for that um, uh, this weekend. Potentially, uh, Daniel Hemmer, you know, getting a top 10 finish uh, in the Xfinity series or something like that. Um, here at Texas, which, you know, I feel like the racing, you know, we've, we've already seen before we talked before how bad it is, especially in the spring, but uh, for the cup all-star race, but, you know, um, maybe there's a little bit difference in the Xfinity series, but, um, you know, I expect the, you know, a lot of, you know, clean air racing and, you know, a lot of, uh, battles on pit road for position, you know, rather than on track. And, you know, I think, um, with, with that, you know, as long as you have, good track position, you know, it's a track position race. So as long as some um, guys like Hemrick, um, who may, may not have pace, you know, as long as they get track position, expect them uh, to finish well, you know, unless uh, we get like a late, late race restart where they get shuffled back or something, but definitely expect um, uh, him to be one of the contenders uh, as a wild card. Yeah. I mean, those are good picks. I mean, all guy or somebody who I think is going to be able to, um, put himself in position to win that elusive championship that he's been chasing uh, since he won that ARCA title back in 08 after all Richard and Scott Speed ran over each other. Uh, for me, uh, this weekend at Texas, I think uh, Ty Gibbs gets the victory. At Texas, uh, it seems like the kind of track and opportunity where he'd be able to go and make it work. Uh, Gibbs has had great success there over the years. Um, so I picked Ty Gibbs as my winner. And in regards to a wild card pick, I'm going to go and pick Ryan Seek because... At the end of the day, why not? Austin Dillon went and used track position to win a race there. Was it two years ago? If Ryan C can put himself in that kind of role uh, this weekend, he can lock himself into the round of um, round of eight uh, if he goes and does that, which would be good for him and good for his business. So. Uh, my picks are Ty Gibbs to win and Ryan Sieg to be the um, wild card uh, going into this weekend's races at Texas.
Uh, Josh, or we'll go to Cup, actually. Yeah, the Cup Series will start their next round here at Texas. Um, I want to go and bring up one thing here before I make an actual pick uh, for um, what they're able to do in the last 10 races. Okay. So, um, uh, sorry, can you repeat the who you had for wild card for or not wild card, but the Xfinity winner real quick? I picked for I picked Keebler to win. All right. Um, and I picked Ryan yeah, C as a wild card. And um now we're working on the cup series. Um so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with um I'm going to go with YRB. I'm going to go with YRB to lock himself into the round of uh round of 8 um go and match his victory at the All-Star race and um that would be a huge deal for him and the Penske organization. Uh, to go and do that, um, to get twenty different vin- winners this year. My wild card um, is valid now because he's out of the playoffs. I'm going to take Tyler Reddick. Uh, he's good at this racetrack. He's been good in any vehicle he's driven there. You're able to run the high line up in three and four. Um, they because they fucked up one and two. Um, you're not supposed, you're not able to do that. But um, Reddick's now free rolling. Uh, he wants to go and win with Randall Burnett before they get um, taken apart. Uh, so what was it Blaney and Reddick, which um, is safe on my end. Uh, two drivers that I've um, I've liked. Uh, how about you, Josh? What are you looking at for the uh, Echo Part Auto 500 at Texas? Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be a, you know, track position race, and um, you know, like, All-Star was really bad. I mean, it's the one, only mile and a half um, where it wasn't good racing throughout the entire race, um, but you know, this was this was a uh, you know really straightforward for the most part, and then Ryan Blaney ended up dominating the whole thing and um, you know winning that. So you picked him, so you know good pick there. Um, yeah, I would like to pick Martin Truex Jr., but um, I'll pick him instead as a wild card here um, because I don't feel like he was going to be as strong as what I'd like to see uh, at Texas. But you know, instead. Uh, instead, you know, I have to let's regress back to the mean and go with a playoff driver to win uh, this weekend after three straight races of uh, non-playoff drivers winning. Um, on you know, um, outside the owners' championship, of course, but um, uh, you know, I'm gonna pick Chase Elliott to win at Texas this weekend. Um, 
lock himself into the round of eight in in cup so uh chase wins this weekend and then you know i'll have uh martin truex as a, a wild card uh you know if if we get a new winner this year which is certainly possible but um you know he's still got a lot to race for uh this season and you know toyotas do drive well at texas but not sure if Truex you know can compete but i do think it'll be a wild card so valid uh valid picks for sure um so before um i guess the forum is yours josh uh to go and get into the sim or sim world and running i racing and the like uh before we go and close the deal you'll be able to go and uh talk about uh, some people you picked mtj to go and be a wild card you were able to now pick i'm trying to find where yeah and yeah so you picked uh, josh william clyde and uh to win and then i don't know where the hell i did there with that typing so mtj for wild card so William Clyde Elliott will to win MTJ. So, um, let us uh, know what's going on in the world of um, sim racing and, and like Formula 122 and the like. Uh, I know you like running them 87s so in iRacing. So I uh, want to hear and see what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in iRacing, ran ran the Mazda uh, MX-5 Advanced Series and Watkins Glen with the boot, uh, which I haven't ran in a while. So um, that was good. Um, ran out of gas in the last corner, coming off of the, uh, the last corner. So... Um, didn't save enough fuel there, uh, but, uh, good racing overall. Um, the race was pretty tough, um, trying to maximize corner exit speed in an undercar, uh, you know, underpowered car, um, with the Mazda, but still, you know, on the back stretch before you get to the chicane, you get a big draft there. So, um, it's a big opportunity to pass, um, under braking, uh, with the big draft. So, um used some of those opportunities as well um yeah i think that was really the only thing i did this weekend on iRacing was um has been busy lately on the weekdays but uh and a little bit on the weekends but i uh, did did that uh the Mazda mx5 cup advanced series in on iRacing at Watkins Glen and then this week what might be on the table yeah the 87's running at Nashville uh super speedway so that might be interesting um to you know, not a it's you know it doesn't run like um, some of the other intermediate tracks in Cup Series. You definitely have to drive uh, the, the track a little bit differently than you would um, you know the you know places like Kansas or uh, you know Texas or Charlotte or anything like that. So it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, so maybe I might try that. I haven't run that combination yet. Um, some road racing, Daytona Road Course uh, with the. Uh, touring car turn racing challenge 
uh, Honda or Hyundai Elantra, Elantra uh, TC Honda Civic Type R, which I have, so maybe I'll do that. Um, another series running Daytona Road Course uh, with the uh, BMW M4 GT4, so potentially the GT4 Challenge Series may run that. Um, a lot of road racing opportunity um, here too, and uh, MX5 Cup at Laguna Seca, so may may do that. Um, I don't have Texas Motor Speedway um, in uh, in iRacing. The current configuration, I would like to try not to buy it because that place just sucks. You know, sucks really bad, uh, and I don't really like driving that track. Uh, the old one is okay because at least it's worn out and the the pavement and the banking is even, so at least it make makes a little bit of sense. But the new Texas does not make any sense at all, um, and wonder what they're going to do with it in the future. But there's that IndyCar Open Racing Series at Michigan Speedway, the old Michigan Speedway, uh, you know, before the repave. So there's that opportunity as well. Um, IndyCar Fit Series at Kentucky Motor Speedway uh, prior to the repave. Um, Indy, Indy Pro 2000 cars at Watkins Glen, uh, on the boot configuration. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of opportunities here for, uh, racing, um, on road and on oval. So, um, you know, whatever I get to, uh, race on the weekend, if you know, have an opportunity, I'll definitely try and, uh, get on the sim, um, which, you know, as always, uh, if I stream, you can, uh, follow at twitch tv slash two two go in there and you know see my racing and things that you know i'm doing there on on iRacing or on formula one um you know been on playstation side been playing a little bit madden lately you know as football season comes in you know i tend to play madden a little bit more um and you know try to try to play as the jaguars against other people online so um you know they can get you know, beat up by the Jaguars, even though most people don't play the Jaguars because, um, you know, their ratings are bad on Madden. But, um, you know, people like to play the big teams or whoever, or, you know, Lamar Jackson or, you know, whatever, because those are the fun teams. But, you know, I like to take take one of the worst rated teams in Madden or one of the, you know, mid-level teams and try to, you know, use your strategy and playing ability uh, on there. So um, that's how I try to play. But, um I don't really stream on PlayStation, but maybe I might connect it some one of these days and put it on Twitch. But you know, again, follow Twitch Twitch TV slash Usailer Two. Go in there, watch my stuff, and of course, um, um, the socials go on my social media at JP Huffine, all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and the like. Go on there, watch uh, my or you know, look at my tweets and you know, see me talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, talking about their division lead right now and um um you know i'm gonna gonna be uh strutting that fact for the next week and you know we'll see what happens next sunday but you know so it's gonna be a fun week on jaguar side of twitter uh twitter you know all the people that i follow on there really happy right now and um glad to be able to um you know be a part of that community as well um uh you can follow our youtube channel at gripshare podcast uh uh, follow our videos on there, see everything we have to, you know, talk about the video version of this podcast, you know, um, so go on there and watch our, our stuff. You know, we've been a little bit behind, I got a little bit behind on posting videos, you know, been busy lately, but, um, got all, everything up there is up to date now. So, you know, um, be, 
hopefully this one be up on there soon you can watch and um see our stuff on there and you know of course like channel like videos comment videos subscribe to everything so um yeah that's that's where you can find our stuff find my stuff um yeah let let you feel uh bring us to the close yeah thanks for having another show this week and you know always as always glad to be able to talk on here with you thanks for always um covering for me and being my sidekick man uh i think i'm a little tired today uh didn't have a lot of rest having to pick up mom from the airport feeling it at this point of the evening after two blowouts in football and some of the results getting decided way early a couple going the other way uh, but I think both of our teams are going to be in this playoff series come uh, week 14 just in general. That's something we'll see as we go along. Uh, land struggled badly, but he wasn't the worst quarterback that they had in fantasy. I mean, he only got, what is it, one target and... One targeted toy ends. Uh, something that we'll have to look at. But um, you can find us at GrifterPod on Twitter. You can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk about racing, sports, whatever, let us know. Go and hit us up through DM on the whatever home run tracker that, they, that exists. Uh, Go and let us know you want to be fantasy. You want to go and show a, parade, uh, a positive reinforcement. That's what you need to do. So, um, I mean, I'm assuming Todd, I mean, Gregson ripped the wall of third. It, it's the points battle, the X and uh, Cup and... Something that we will see. So, um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, with that. Uh, we will end uh, this week's uh, Gripster podcast. You can find us at Gripster Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can find Josh at JP Huffine on Twitter, posting shows, posting videos on YouTube, posting audio on uh, uh, Podbean, and also, uh, yeah, top Yeah, so. We got all that there. Uh, we'll be back next week to do the episode 136 of the Gripster Podcast, previewing Petit Lamar, going and reviewing Cup and Xfinity at uh, Talladega, along with NFL Week 3 review and more um, before we get in the next race. So. That is what I'm talking about. So um, for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. 
God bless and goodbye.